And welcome back to the Masters of Modern and MMCast podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? It's, uh, it's the MMCast. We're back. We, we had an excellent, excellent game of Commander on Monday that inspired a truly fantastic conversation for this week's episode of the show. Uh, so a week ago... Uh, Wizards, or not a week ago, a couple weeks ago, for for time doesn't matter. Uh, Wizards announced that they will be expanding uh, what is allowed in Magic and are going to be coming out with like licensed properties, but within the Magic uh, uh, mechanics and and legal to be played with the Magic game as is. This is following the Walking Dead secret layer that we'll talk about in a second. They're doing a Lord of the Rings pack based set draft draft set, and then they're doing a Warhammer. I said 401k. What is it? 40k? Warhammer 40k? <laughs> 40K. Uh, uh, commander product. And kind of have stated like our goal is to start expanding magic into licensing other properties and bringing in them in it. The way that Fortnite has and the way Smash Brothers did before that. Um, and the way they kind of tried to do it in the 90s, though, I think they learned some lessons from that. I think people are going to be worried about the lessons they learned and we'll kind of get into that in a second. But yeah, so that happened. And then last week on our uh, Monday Night Commander show, we had uh, Chase from Mana Curves and Joe from I Hate Your Deck uh, and Game Nights uh, on to our Commander show, and we played a game where all of us played with Walking Dead Commanders, and we had a blast. Uh, you know, they were really fun, and we wanted to kind of talk about the history of the Walking Dead product and where that came from, what the decks were like, go a little bit of deck tech, what we played and what our, what our opponents played, and and uh, what we think about all of that, plus all the ways that people on the internet yell at you uh whenever the walking dead comes out hate the walking dead stuff and it's it's crazy because those cards are really sweet (laughs) they're really fun to play with i mean like i thought they were really cool and i thought they played together really well i like do understand i do understand the concerns associated with the walking dead products like i get the concerns but they seem like super minor like they don't seem like hateable concerns they just they just seem like well there's like this small caveat to these cards that makes them you know a little bit abnormal but like play with them they're great i think and we'll we'll go over some of the complaints uh like i think that some of it was just the final straw in a year of covid related pain right and just like people were already just chomping at the bit there are multiple magic related dramas that happened online this year that just like people got really 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 aggressively mad and then wizards announces secret layer walking dead and for those who don't know it uh, Secret Layer product is a a once in a while release thing. You can only buy it for a limited amount of time on the website, and it's normally SRP around thirty dollars. You buy it directly from Wizards. Technically, it's through another company that Wizards is working with, but you're buying it from Wizards, and they ship it to you some point in the next six months. It depends on the timing, and they're re- literally printing it by demand, right? Like they probably start the process of printing it when they announce it, so that they get all the kinks out. But as the promotion is running. They'll print on demand until they fulfill all the orders they get. And then once that limited release window ends, they ship it. And the problem with the Walking Dead product, which is different than other ones, beyond just the fact that including the Walking like it, it kind of was like eight different things all pointing at it. And we've talked about this in the past. It's a specific property. There's a bunch of people that don't like that type of content and that property. It was individual cards that were brand new. So all the cards were unique. They weren't reprints. They weren't rebrands. Um, so it wasn't like, the Godzilla cards, which is the first time they really did anything like this in a long time, where it was like other cards. Vadrock has a Godzilla variant. Baby Godzilla is whatever amphibian. So like that you don't have an alternative. It's not a different card. It's its own card. The only card like it that exists. 
limited release. And so if you wanted to play those cards, you could only get them from here. This is the only place they're available. And people hated this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. The print run on Walking Dead, which was far and away, I believe, the most popular of all of the Secret Lair products, has to far outpace some of the other limited release sets from the last several years. I mean, I feel like Battle Bond was pretty limited. What was the one jumpstart, right? It was so, like last year. It was so literally. So after we did our commander game last week, people have been coming at me in my mentions because this is the internet and that's how it works. And in response, I looked it up. And so I compared it to Commander Legends, Battle Bond, and Jumpstart. Uh, and I also looked up Conspiracy. Uh, and, uh, and Horizons, too, I would think is probably some. And Modern some, Horizons. Maybe, right. maybe. That was, those are not Conspiracy, those four. You're right. You're right. I didn't look at Conspiracy. I did look at those are the five. I looked at five. I, I didn't include conspiracy because the most expensive card in conspiracy of the mythic is like $19. It's not a reprint, but the reprints are expensive. I was just trying not to include those. Jumpstart is a $110 card that came out this summer. Now that one is a little for like is questionable because of COVID heavily reduced the print run on that. Like they they will re, re, they will print more jumpstart. It just because of COVID, they didn't have the launch that they were expecting. So it like was a much harder to find product. But yeah, they're Allosaurus. Uh, uh, trainer or whatever is like a hundred and ten dollars. Uh, Alistair Shepard, the little Shepherd. the one green card. Yes, so the the one green mythic can't be countered or something, or your creatures can't be countered and for six. Yeah, it yeah. does something, I think. One green, one one. Allosaurus Shepard can't be countered. Green spells you control can't be countered. Four green, green until end of turn. Each elf creature you control has basic power, toughness five five, and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other types. Yeah, totally sweet card. Not a hundred ten dollars. Uh, hundred and eleven and nineteen ninety nine cents. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, that's yeah, crazy. That's insane. Uh, Tiny Bones is $30 from that set. In Modern Horizons, uh, Sakashima, the Thousand Faces, is $42. Hall Breacher is $35. Jeweled Lotus is $77, and that's not with a special frame. Regular Jeweled Lotus is $77. Going back, Modern Horizons, Renin 6 is $57. Force of Negation, $52. Urza's Lord High Artificer is $28. So like using market value, which the difference between the walking Dead is they're, they're only commander playable, but like from an interest of people who want to buy these cards at this moment in history, modern horizons now being three years old and two of these sets coming out within the last year. Oh, oh I didn't do battle bond battle bond has what's his face. Uh, will, Ken- will, will Kenrith is $32 and Archfiend of despair is 33 spell seeker was up there. It was like $23, right? Yeah, it's gotten like a judge promo. But of those of those sets, they all are on average the more expensive cards are more expensive than the Walking Dead cards. Right? The most expensive card is uh, Rick at thirty three dollars, and then the next one down is like twenty dollars, which is Negan, and then everyone else is like three dollars in the set. But so 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 is the is the outrage about these cards the price, the availability, or is it that there's some idea that these cards that are weird and specific and hard to get represent this franchise that like in most people's eyes by today's standards is extremely lame people don't like the walking dead they think it's kind of dumb nowadays i think i think the the later half is what has lowered its defenders okay right i think the the people the reason people are mad is because people already hate there is a group of people that hate secret layers I love secret layers. I think they're actually a net positive for magic, but we don't have to get into that. But there's a group of people that hate secret layers, hate the concept of it, right? Like selling directly, skipping LGSs, printing magic cards and selling them directly to people. Add a layer to that, that they, there's another group of people that hates the idea of product being printed that is only available for a limited amount of time, even though every master set does that. There are currently no products made that are not print to demand 
that have unique cards in them, which is not totally true, but is like close to true, right? If a set is popular enough, they will do a second print run. There have been sets that had original cards in it that were not popular enough. Brawl, what's it, Conspiracy 2, and that other set that we met, Battle Bond. All, all three of those did not have say, sales high enough where they needed to go into a second print run. Modern Horizons did have sales high enough where they did print it additionally. So so their, their point is that like there is no way for this to be popular enough for it to make more print runs. Now, mind you, this was the most popular one of these of all time. And all things point to that there are more copies of Negan or Rick or whatever than there are of any mythic from Battle Bond. Right. Like that's that's the like the other side of this. And like it's the funny thing with the conversation around the buy a box promos. Right. The fact that that what's the time extra time time walk. Oh, Nexus of Fate. Nexus of Fate. People were so mad because Nexus of Fate felt like it was rare because you couldn't get it in a pack. There are more Nexus of Fates on the market than any mythic rare from that set. Confirmed by Wizards. Like Wizards has gone on the record saying we have printed more Nexus of Fates as a promo than any mythic rare. Not even mythic foil, mythic rare in the set. What a weird, what a weird decision that Nexus of Fate, which was a buy box promo is one of the most played cards in standard. That's such a strange. I don't think it was meant to be. I think they printed it thinking it was like fun for commander, not that big of a deal. And like, and then it just ended up being constructed, a constructed powerhouse. And your, and, and your favorite card to put in one of your gauntlet decks so that I can't mill you out. Oh, I think it's hilarious. That, that it, on the airplane yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to mill you out with grindstone <laughs> and you hit Nexus of Fate. I was like, no, no, I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. I don't think it's good for magic, but uh, having it as an answer to painter servant grindstone against you is wonderful. Because <laughs> if because if Nexus of Fate is the last card in your deck, you win the game if you can cast it. Right, that's I, the way it works. If I have seven mana, and Nexus of Fate is the last deck card in the game. If I can cast it, I have seven mana, and I have a source of ways to do damage to you. I win the game. Right, or is it just goes or it's a draw. We go to turns. Like, yeah, it's a draw. It's a draw. Otherwise, as long as you choose to cast it, you could you could choose to not cast. It I could just ki- I could die. I could concede. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But why would I ever concede to you? That you should have done that. that you should have done. Well, no, but I was able to kill you. Uh, I had I had a goblin guide. <laughs> I had like enough creatures where you couldn't block both of them, and you had like a zero uh, four or something. That was a terrible flight home. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're the one that didn't concede. You also could concede. Um, I was so, bitter. but yeah, so, I was not so, going to concede. Like. Based on the statement that, that The Walking Dead is the most like and not just like the most popular secret layer by a like significant margin to the extent that they've launched a licensing department after that and the success of the Godzilla cards earlier this year leads you to be and, and then and then looking at what their current pricing is, right? Like like they're currently costed at XYZ. Some of these are some of the cooler commanders that they printed in a while. And then on top of that, Rick is seeing legacy play and Glenn has the potential to see legacy play. But these cards are not that expensive. Right. They're within the range of tolerability of expenses. And then and, you know, that's where people are like complaining about cutting the LGS out. But on the other hand, the fact that these have held their price means the LGS wasn't cut out. They if, if the LGS bought two cases of these, they made money. You Like they bought them for 30. You can sell them for 100 bucks for the full for the full Walking Dead sealed product. So like so you get all the zombie tokens and you get the, the Lucille equipment. So there's like extra stuff. There's a lot of value in there. So from their perspective, they can buy the product. They're buying and selling cards. Like that's what we, that's what these sets wants, anyways, right? If I'm a store, sealed product does not make a, a card store money. Yeah, I mean, if they like that, that's that. I wonder how many people actually listen to the podcast know that. If you buy a box for a store, like let's say a store wants to be competitive, so they're keeping it like under market, which is like what a lot of stores have to do. So you don't just buy online. 
and they sell you the box for like a hundred, let's say, or even like ninety six. Some stores do. They make like ten dollars a box, maybe maybe like fifteen dollars a box. But I mean, a case, right? If they sell a case of Magic cards to you, they're gonna make like ninety dollars. And packs are are like nothing as well. Like you, if you do the math, like a Friday night draft doesn't pay for the employee running it at the store unless you're doing if you're doing like the 36 person drafts, then then you start paying for the employees. But that's it, right? Like you're not even you're not paying rent that way. And that's one night a week. So the way card stores make money is selling singles. It's reselling product. It's buying product from people at 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 50 percent of market and then reselling it to other people. And the secret layer stuff is great for them in that regard, right? Because they can buy it either at at the time, which a lot of stores are doing, and some of them they make money on. Like, for instance, the, any of the land ones that are worth their weight in product, and then they can resell it. I would argue most stores probably should be ordering the secret layer product. I mean, unless it's one that is pretty clearly like not special, which almost none of them are, and they should probably right. buy four or five sets of them and sit on them for a year <laughs> until they are sold out. And they didn't print anymore. And now people are seeing them and want them. And then they put them in the case as right. singles and absolutely sell them for more than they paid. And and worst case scenario on on all of them, they're great gift buys. Like if if like if you bought, I think like Year of the Rat isn't worth more than what you paid for. Like there's some that have depreciating value. The ones that haven't like are great prize support. Like it's great. Like run a tournament where you get one of these. That's why the reasons we I like I, we give them away because <laughs> they're great to give away. And some of them are worth way more. OMG Kitties is worth like five times as much as you paid for it. Uh, the really? lands one. Yeah. All like the kitty one is one of the more expensive ones. The land one, all the lands ones are like way expensive. Recommend buying every land secret layer moving forward. Cause you need like eight of them to complete your land set or whatever. The Godzilla one's like super expensive. So from that perspective, like cutting out the store, I don't agree with, I don't think is correct. I think like there are other things Wizards is doing that is cutting LGSs out that I think is problematic. I don't think the secret layer product release is one of those things. I also think like reprints have been strong. The like the biggest complaint, the the two biggest complaints that I agree with for the Walking Dead series are the first one is international distribution, which is a hard one. I don't have a good answer for it. I don't think Wizards should not do things in specific regions that make sense. I do think they should work to figure out how to get these to be easily and more available internationally. And maybe it's coming out with like secret layer pack product that's only available in, in international regions or in general. I think would be a cool thing, but something something in that world. And but that's not a problem just with The Walking Dead. Just The Walking Dead was the first one that like I could not get a card in Brazil that is a Walking Dead card, period. Right? Got it. I can get Thalia and I don't need the cool Thalia secret layer. I can get Dreadbore and I don't need the metal Dreadbore. So that sucks. And I don't I don't have a good solution for it, but I think that there is a solution that can be found. And, and maybe that one is through the especially on the stuff like this one where like you just sell it through your lgs system right you're just like hey for international markets we're gonna ship you you can buy cases of this for a longer time period than the print run for secret layer i also think the other thing with, with and i i come to this point of view just from like we build these commander decks for content every week and i i proxy them like 100 percent. i have i have my i have decks that are lots of real cards and some proxies mm-hmm. i have plenty of decks i've played in my life that are full of real cards for these commander decks, because I just want to build what I want to build every week and I do it kind of last minute, I just print a list and play it with you online and then I take it apart or maybe I keep it together for later games. I'm comfortable with that because I've done that for years. Um, some people aren't for some reason. Some people aren't with casual play. They don't like the idea of playing a proxy. It just it just makes them feel weird. If you're talking about the hundredth card in your deck 
it's one problematic secret lair card that you think is really cool and would make your deck and you can't find it or you can't buy it or it's too expensive to buy. Proxy one card in your freaking deck. Right. It's not the end of the world. Like if it's sanctioned, you can't do it. But if you're just playing with your friends, don't sweat it. It's not that big of a deal. It doesn't ruin the game. It changes the gameplay aspect zero. Mm-hmm. No one even notices. Nobody looks. No one cares. It, especially in Commander. And then and then add the layer of like the, the big point is like with Rick, right? Because he's seeing legacy play. He's not seeing legacy play in a real way. Humans decks can play him. He is a playable card in that deck. Most players I've talked to that are playing it say he's not good. People are playing it because he's good enough and it's like trolling the internet by getting around with him and he's good enough to see play. Like, I agree with you. If you're playing commander at this point and you need to play, if you're just like, man, I want to play the Rick deck. I want to play a mono white humans list or I want to play Negan, which is really cool. Proxy it. And then and then the last the last one is people really don't like and this is the Walking Dead one, right? Like there is baggage, especially with Negan specifically with characters that have now been included in magic that was developed by other properties that can be considered as problematic and takes people out of their good feeling vibes in magic, which sucks. That's the other complaint. I've like kind of been like, you know what? That's legitimate. If like Negan is a a triggering character for you because of the terrible things he does on the show and things that could happen in real life, because it is the violence he portrays on the show is very real world. There's not a great answer to it. The best one I found is is and I actually have it is the altar sleeves. So we we like did the whole thing with them a few weeks ago. Uh, have come out with like rebranded character versions that are like magic characters of each of them that you can buy. So this is Negan, but it's Novak, the cold blooded. And it's like replaces everything with every part where his name would show up. And it's this different character. And like, I think that's another way around it, right? Is you can modify these cards using stuff like altar sleeves that like doesn't damage the card and makes it look cool. And it's like $5. I also think like, I also think I have, I have like two attitudes about the whole idea of there being a real world character on a television show. That's a trigger point. Number one, I'm, I'm empathetic to it. Cause I do understand what that means. I understand how that could make somebody feel. And especially if they can say, relate to a sequence that happened in a show in a way that makes them feel upset. That being said, aside from the extremely narrow circumstance where somebody has had a personal experience to do with something actually specific that happened with a character in real life, like Negan, I mean, there's tons of art on magic cards that is every bit as violent and brutal as the things that Negan does in that show. He's a fake person in a comic book portrayed by Jeffrey Dean Morgan on a television show. It isn't real. It was never real. It's a circumstance that could make you feel that way. and I do understand it, but it's not a reason for these cards to be banned in magic or for us to all like hold pitchforks and say like these cards aren't allowed. I mean, a card Negan, I played against it in our game. He's a magic card. He's a three, four. He's just standing there and you sacrifice creatures like you would with any other magic card. There's nothing about the gameplay. You don't have to say something. It's, yeah, and, so and, there's I, I have I have sympathy for it, but I also have like a that's like a that's that's a levy that these cards should be banned or not allowed or are a problem because of that is a that's a really specific I think right and 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 I, and I do think there's things in that world that that I would I would make that move towards and it's more like when people alter their cards to be pornographic or when 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 you know or your play mat is like of a bunch of naked anime girls I understand like yeah that probably has no home here I don't think this is to that extent. If the, if the picture on the card was the scene with Negan and Glenn, you'd be I'd be saying, saying something completely different. That's graphic. Right. That, and, if, and if that was the case and somebody played it and you have to look at it, it would make you feel a but certain he, way. Even, even that being said, like, look at it, most Phyrexian cards 
from a graphic perspective, right? Like there's some pretty horrifying stuff that happens in magic cards. And that's not to say that what happens in the show is necessarily fine. Like, honestly, I haven't watched the show past the second season. And this is in defense of the walking dead. It's in defense of just like the reaction then to all of these things is extraordinarily out of proportion, right? Like uh, uh, the fact that commander quarters has basically burned every bridge in the magic community that matters is unfortunate right like that that sucks and it's just like the whole captain format which was an insane creation by that person because the commander council refused to ban these cards outright and it was his statement like nope they're now they're now officially in the pocket of wizards so i'm never gonna i'm never gonna allow them and like the irony is that the a lot of the content creators that were mad for them not banning the cards outright were bit like were t- calling for their for wizards to take over the commander council like earlier that year when they weren't banning flash or when they weren't, you know, like it's like you, yeah, the, the, like the amount of aggressive anger that came from them, the insulting rhetoric coming from that side. And then now the fact that like chase chase after watching our stream, and we'll get into that in a second and deck decks for the second part. And this might be a little future video commented at the end of the stream being like, you know what? Thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to play these cards. I love this show. I love these cards. I really want to play it. But every time I bring up that I have this deck as a guest on other people's content or in in general on my content, I get a flood of comments that I guarantee are on this video of people being aggressive on how anyone who would even consider the walking dead cards is a bad person. Like I like, like literally the quote was like, I liked this person up until the point where she said they liked the walking dead. And now I hate her. (laughs) <laughs> like that's it's not a, so, it, it's ridiculous so aggressive. it's also like the, the thing too i mean and i want to talk about what the episode tonight's about instead of just tangenting on this too hard but like they're sweet and the design of them in the way that they play together is also very cool they like they're really cool <laughs> the magic cards themselves are are interesting designs and they're fun and they're powerful and i thought i thought our game last night was one of the most fun games of commander we've played on our on our channel um because of the cards being as awesome as they are so um, anyway, guys, those are, our, those are our quick thoughts on the Walking Dead secret lair. We're going to get into a conversation here in a second about some of the top franchises and properties that we want to see actually in the universe of Magic the Gathering as printed product. Uh, we both have some fun ideas we're going to run by you guys. A quick reminder to everybody watching the show right now, go to patreon.com slash the MMcast. It is the reason this show continues to function after seven years. Continue to run this thing. We would love to build the Patreon out. If there's anything you guys want, if there's anything you guys would like to see more of, please let us know. Um, this community and especially the show and this audience of the show means so much to us. We do really try to work hard to, to keep this yeah. thing open and keep the lights on. So and anything and you if, guys... Uh, and if you donate $5 or more a month, you get access to basically an extra two hours of content every month or almost that amount uh, of us doing kind of... we do almost It's almost a mini movie podcast between me and Ben that we do now every week. Uh, we went over the WandaVision uh, 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 finale this week. Last week, we talked about uh, the future of uh, streaming and, and how streaming content is going to work. Check that out. Uh, there's some that are available now open. If you want to check out, see what it's like, you can see older ones that, that we left it. We leave the first like 30 minutes of every raw feed and you get the whole episode early. Patrons are going to get to listen to all this right as soon as we're done recording uh, as a video version and an audio version by the end of the week. And so thank you patrons and thank you listeners and definitely recommend checking that out. Today, we're talking about uh, what our top five properties we wish uh, were in Magic that aren't. Like, what what are the things that we hope Wizards does after Lord of the Rings and after the Warhammer 40k Commander product that they're coming out with? 
Uh, and we're going to talk about those two sets uh, as well a little bit in the meantime. Please uh, make sure to hit that like button. Uh, it's why it's it helps all of the things. Liking it is the most important. Uh, and then comment below with what property you want to see made in magic. I, I want to know. And, and obviously we're going to have our list, but I want to hear things that you guys thought of and or if you like the things in our list or you think we're wrong and should never include the things we talk about in the show. Before we do that, I do want to talk about Lord of the Rings and 401k. Uh, <laughs> Warhammer okay. 40k. So what are your thoughts? I mean, Lord of the you love Lord of the Rings. You just like sit in your oh. you're like downtime when you're not watching movies or working or recording things is just like I imagine you sitting alone in your apartment with the Lord of the Rings soundtrack just playing in the background with you like looking into space. Oh. <laughs> I really love. I mean, I do really 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 love the Howard Shore scores. I've listened to them a lot. Um a lot actually. And I to be honest with you, I ordered a record player today. Um, finally, I just like I was excited about it. I moved in my place. I ordered a, a turntable and I ordered three or four albums, uh, one of which was the Interstellar original motion picture soundtrack. Um, though I didn't order the Howard Shore Lord of the Rings records yet, um, but they are amazing and maybe I will do that. Um, I love Lord of the Rings, but not the Hobbit movies, but I love Lord of the Rings movies. And I'll tell you, if they put Baromir on a magic card, which they should, they're absolutely going uh, to do. <laughs> I just need his flavor text to be. Give them a moment for pity's sake. That's what I needed to be. I think it's. I think that that's the one. That's the quote. That's the flavor it's, text it, you need. It's probably that, or it's I would have followed you into Mordor, my brother, my captain, my king. That he says to Aragorn as he's dying. That's the other best quote. But I think that uh, the, the give them a moment for pity's sake is my favorite. I think. So the, the, I, just, I think. I think if he has flavor text, the likelihood that it's not something along yeah, the that lines you, of like you can't just walk you can't into just Mordor. walk into yeah. Mordor is is feels unlikely. Not that those lines aren't aren't obviously as as a like good movie classics but the memes ben you gotta make your memes be dreams I, I, it's gonna be interesting how much this set is based off the movies versus the books right like uh, or the similar and or that that because we are dealing with like next level fantasy nerds uh both as an audience as well as the content makers of this franchise obviously lord of the rings the yep. movies are very popular but even the like extent like the hobbit is up there with most sold books of all time so it's not like yeah. book content wise is especially from the book versus the movie, the Hobbit is that out of the realm of questions of things to include. I think we'll get every person in the fellowship. I think we'll get the main elf holders. I think we'll get the towers as different lands and we'll get all the different lands as the different, the like we'll get Helm's deep. We'll get Rivendell. There's so, the Shire. there's so many. I mean, yeah, you'll get all, you'll get Theoden King. You'll get Grima Wormtongue. You'll get like, yeah, as you mentioned, Gladriel, you'll definitely get like like that's uh, that's I think I think you're like I think that's dipping down a step too low. I don't know if we'll get Warm Tongue for or Warm Tail, whatever the, the guy's name is. Like I think that you know Warm Like I mean it could be legendary theme, right? There could be a legendary sub theme, which is, this is a set to do that with. So if that's happening and you could have legendary swords, ah, maybe you do legendary theme. It's gonna be a whole set or it's gonna be like it's a, a draft, like a secret layer product. It's a draftable set. It's like a full pack product based set. How interesting. I wonder when those are going to come out. Like, I wonder like how in, in, the, in the cycle. It's not, it's, it's not a standard set though. It'll be, it'll be in the like unstable product jumpstart. Okay. okay uh, gotcha. Times power remastered uh, set release block. One of those. We don't know. I like, don't, I like don't care about Warhammer 40 K. It's funny. Not because I don't think it's awesome. I mean, I've always thought those miniatures are super awesome looking. And I know that there's like tons of cool looking stuff. But in my book, Warhammer 40K is going to just be like a magic set, like a normal magic set. Mm -hmm. well, like that, it just, that, it's just going to be like a lot of things. Interesting enough, that is going to be a commander product. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. So those won't be a draftable stat. I think that's partially because the audience from kind of your point, right? Like apparently there's dope Warhammer lore. And yeah, I know for sure, like look at, look at Vincent and, and like, he's been able to translate a, a fifth of his content release each week to Warhammer. Like there is a crossover of the fandoms between Warhammer and magic. That's not surprising. They're, they're nitty gritty tabletop based uh, battle games. And I think for people like you and me, where it'll just look like a magic set. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to be like, these are cool magic cards. Like the only thing it's weird that they have guns and that there are robots and maybe aliens, but like, otherwise this is not that different than a normal magic set lore. Yeah. I mean, 40 K and like space Marines and all that stuff there. It'll, it'll, the guns will probably be the one that that's probably the strangest difference, right? You, you can't really think of other than some like goblin cannonade type of things. There's not really guns in magic per se. Cannons. What, what's going to be, what's going to be interesting with Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings actually fits more from a, like a world perspective. Like, like if you didn't know what Lord of the Rings was, if you were an alien and all you knew was magic, the gathering, and then like Lord of the Rings magic set came out, it would just look like a magic set actually. Well, that's why I always tell people when they're like, what is magic? And I'm like, it's like poker meets chess, but all the theme of the cards is like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That, like that's what I always say to people. So, you know, um, I don't know. It'll, it'll be cool to see, though. Look, I, I hope this doesn't like outrage the community too much. And the focus on standard and competitive 1v1 sets continues as such that this is this is just fun additional product like the unstable stuff, because I don't buy those products. I don't care about the unsets, right? There's I, a lot of those multiplayer sets I don't care about. I don't buy them. I know of the cards. I read them. I like to pay attention as they come out. But it's not a gameplay environment that I pay much attention to. So and I still love magic more than anything. Yeah. So I hope that people can experience it the same way I do, which is like you don't have to care if you don't want if you don't want licensed things as part of the game. So be it. I mean, you and I can speak to this from a pretty specific standpoint, which is cool. Now with you know running casts and all that, like we we talk about licenses a lot. It's a part of mm-hmm. it's a part of our conversation frequently, um, and it's you know it's for all different things. It's 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 in our spring summer stuff. It's in all different areas and it, those conversations are very similar, probably to the ones that Hasbro is having, which is like. Set up a meeting with this property, set up a meeting with the people over at Sony or at Warner Brothers or whoever, because like we want to find out what properties they have that would work for our game. Right. Um, and then it's a creative co- a conversation where like and we know how this works, right? There's 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 royalties, there's deposits like it, it's it's a whole negotiation. That was like one of the worries with the Walking Dead one, right? Where like, oh, are they allowed to ever print any more of this? Can they reprint? Can they reprint a Rick card? And and Wizards has said that there is ways in the rules that they've already set aside to allow them to do that if they need to reprint Rick, but they can't reprint it with the license. But yeah, I, I like there's this whole idea like people because Wizards has now said this for about a year is like not every product is made for you, right? There is so many different demographics of magic that not every product is made for you. But there's a subset of people that for literally 20 years, all products were made for them right? Like competitive magic players. And they're the ones I see the most often complaining like, oh, but now, you know, how many times does Wizards have to say this product isn't made for me before I decide that magic isn't meat for me anymore? And like, there's part of me that's a little sympathetic to that, but it's not like, like standard packs haven't stopped. I guess blocks have stopped, which if you're, if you're the line in the sand for you is blocks going away, maybe that's a different issue, but like you're, you're getting four booster backpacks product release a year all of those are standard legal all of them rotate into pioneer then modern then legacy in the same exact rate that they used to nothing is different there's small things where like legacy is now so old that if that was the format you loved you're slowly falling away by the wayside but that's entropy of the universe right that's not being caused because wizards isn't making product for legacy it's that legacy 
if, if anything, actually making these products that are legacy power level, but for commander or whatever is making legacy more accessible because you can have more staples for that format that aren't reserved list dual lands. Also, like, I mean, when they changed the card face back in 2003, a lot of us that had been playing before that, you know, I had taken a little break before I came back. And I think I came back um, right in the like mirrored in kind of that mirrored in era. And I remember like seeing at a summer camp I was at, like some kids had cards. And I was like, these look so stupid, cartoonish. And it's like, what is this? Like, oh my God, they're ruining my game, right? They're ruining my favorite game with these dumb cartoon looking cards. In a year, I, they just look normal to me. I didn't care anymore. Now I look back and like, it's so nice to see the old card frame or the old card border, but it feels classic and vintage. And like, there's way more magic sets now with the new card frame than the old card. I had long rants at the age of nine on how terrible it is that you could see the rarity of what card you were buying on a card or how terrible foils were by being added to the game and how dumb that was. And I was wrong. <laughs> you look back and it's like, it, it's so annoying when you go back to these old packs and you open the pack and you don't know what the rare is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really uh, annoying feeling. Oh, it's also like really the, awesome to open a foil packs yeah, without yeah. foils are a lot less exciting to open the foil, the foil one I'll give like some credence to, cause it's an aesthetic choice. And like at the time I think I associated with Pokemon, whatever, uh, like, the rare one has no excuse. That's dumb. <laughs> a lot, I mean, a lot of us felt that way. When, when, yeah. when Exodus came out and you could see the rarity, it was like, huh. And like, I got ripped off all the time. Like, I, I knowing now what cards I traded other cards for knew I was getting ripped off. And I was mad that people were now telling me what the value, like more likely cards. <laughs> I like don't get it. But yeah, so so like change happens. The car, the base version of Magic is just adding a bunch of more stuff. Like the concept, like uh, how many things have to be released in a year that's not for me for it not to be for me anymore. It's like, well, those packs, standard pack, like Zendikar into Ikoria into you know uh, uh, Theros, all came out normally. It just also all the Commander players got product. The people who want like onboarding process with Jumpstart got product. People that want to play old style Magic with Time Spiral got product. I, like I don't know, it's like not. I've seen I've seen Professor talk about it a little bit and 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 say that. You know, he he doesn't agree with the idea, I think, of uh, the, the most expensive products, right? Like, not every product is for you. And I, it's like, I do understand where the sensibility comes from. I get it, because if something really cool comes out and you love the game and you feel like you can't afford that really cool thing and other people can, it makes you feel excluded. So I get where the thinking behind that is. But I don't think that that one, if it was if it was that way and, and it started to be a situation where 70% of Magic product was priced out or exclusive in a certain way and only a small section of the game anymore was like but it's not the case 90 percent of product is for everybody more than that in fact like 95 percent of product is for everybody it's all released at the same retails same availability there's a couple products a year secret layers maybe one set that are like more expensive or more exclusive and that's it everything else is for everybody and we've done entire episodes on like the rising cost of modern and how that's problematic and how wizards can do the fix and it's actually one of the reasons i like secret layers is it's an easy way to reprint stuff in ways that are cool that like doesn't have to go through a standard environment it doesn't have to go through a basic pack release so yeah i think like it's that's what drives me actually insane with the fact that secret layer is a this is product that doesn't have to be for you at all we're releasing it the fact that like time spot remasters this is product that doesn't have to be for you at all versus I agree that like making a secret layer fetch lands that's $500 was dumb, but I think Wizards is also learning and is putting more effort into not doing that than they are to do it. But yeah, so 
top five properties you want to see in Magic the Gathering that aren't magic? I got some sweet ones here. So I think I think the way to do this so that we because normally anytime we count down 10 anything, it takes like an hour and a half. So I think the way we do this is <laughs> you pitch to me. You pitch to me in a few minutes. Uh, I'll give you the floor. I'll respond. I'll do the same for you. I think we pitch them to each other. You, you got to sell me out. all five or each one individually. Well, we'll go back and forth. Okay, we'll, okay. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you your soapbox before I respond. All right. You pitch it. I'll respond. We can nerd for a second and then I'll go. I think, we, should, we, don't I think, think. we go. I think we count down to it. I think start with our number ones and then we can we can get to. Oh, I didn't rank you rank. You're such a psycho. You're always so much more prepared than with this stuff. We it doesn't we don't have to have it ranked. Uh, I'm going to start with my number one and and you don't have to rank them. Uh, if you want to rank them in the meantime, uh, my number one is Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone is surprised by that. I have a card no, out cut, no. cut, cut out cardboard uh, version of myself. Uh, and Michael came along for the ride, telling people to watch Avatar the last to watch Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> I, the show's amazing. I think it fits really well. I think like all the mechanics of how the show works in the universe already fits within an almost color color based skew. So for those who don't know, four elements: fire, water, wind, earth. There are four nations. Each one uses one of those elements. Uh, those very, very, very cleanly tie into wind being white mana, green being earth, uh, uh, earth mana. Red being fire, man, and and blue being water or islands. Um, and then the fifth one, black mana, would be spirits because there's a whole like Miyazaki influenced spirit realm within the, the the Avatar franchise. In fact, the like spoilers for Avatar, there's spirit bending towards the end of it, um, especially in the second series. And there's just like so many cool things in the world, and you have really cool creature types. It has kind of like a simic. Every animal other than like a few specific ones are like Simic combine. So there's like penguin seals or badger moles and moose lions. <laughs> so like, I don't know a lot about Avatar The Last Airbender, but I can tell you that I in the imagery I've seen, um, the, the clips of the show I've seen, uh, just a lot of the I think just a lot of the tone of it that I've, I've been able to sort of absorb from checking it out does seem like it would fit really, really well into a card. game. Yeah. feels like that. And and the fact that the fact that like three days before Wizards made their uh, Magic Universe announcement, Nintendo and Avatar announced Avatar Studios, where they have like a move, an animated movie release scheduled, and they're planning on two new series and like a bunch of new Avatar content because of how successful the Netflix release was. To me, makes it feel like, and I know there's Avatar fans that work at Wizards in the design department. Um, and so I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's my like number one pick. It's the one I'm most hopeful for. And I think it, it fits like really, really seamlessly and is cool and fun. And yeah, that's my, that's my number one pick. Uh, I don't know if it's the, I, I don't have these ranked, but I'll jump in first because this one, I thought of this one based on what we were just talking about a second ago with uh, Warhammer 40k. I think an alien slash predator, uh, universe alien predator would be like a really sweet. <laughs> I think that it works really well. We've seen over the years all the different kinds of aliens that they sold toys with. Like Alien 3, there was all kinds of different aliens. Um, there's all different sort of like versions. And there's also like a whole universe now. The, you know, you have obviously Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. Um, you've got Prometheus, Alien Covenant. Plus then you've got Predator, Predator 2, Alien versus Predator, AVP Requiem, Predators, and the Predator. So you have tons of different pieces you can draw from you don't have to use necessarily like the dumber characters in a lot of these you just don't have to use and even the dumb predator dogs from predator they're stupid in the movie from the predator but they would be awesome as magic cards yeah yeah that's predator dogs they would be dope they would like look amazing and so 
I think the HR Geiger design of the alien is so sweet and so classic. That sounds such a good and like, commander product. Like you have the alien one with like the alien queen as the legendary creature on the front and then the predator. And then you could even do like this is the bat. You know, this is like the original idea for battle bosses. <laughs> we were going to uh, like this is like early on. Kess had like no money. So like licensing was never even in our dreams. But I was like, we're going to get Terminator. We're going to get Predator. We're going to get alien. We're going to have them all fight each other. And just like get like that, like late 80s, early 90s sci-fi monster movie and like get four of them and have them fight. I would be super down with the Predator versus Alien versus Terminator versus. Sounds so fun. What have we can we talk about doing that for Battle Bosses still? Maybe. No. Yeah, maybe. In the <laughs> we have to have Battle Bosses launch and be successful. And then like at one point we did pitch an Avatar, the last Airbender <laughs> version of Battle Bosses to Nintendo. So that didn't go through. But <laughs> maybe in the future, um, let's let's ship Battle Boss first. But yeah, I think so, that, yeah, I think I think the AVP world would be would be super cool. I think that's I think dope. Be a great world. I'd be really into that. Uh, all right. My number two. And I think this is on your list as well is uh, Nintendo prior prioritizing Zelda or Mario. I think Zelda just I have like Zelda. I have okay. Zelda on my list. I don't have Nintendo. I think I can imagine like the Super Smash world working. I could see you putting a lot of characters, Samus and Metroid, like Donkey Kong stuff that all works for me. But I think specifically if I was going to do it, I would I would want Zelda. I just I'm so, so connected all, to Zelda as a character, I, as a franchise to Link as a character. Love Zelda. For death. I'm going to let you talk about we'll talk about Zelda when we get to your thing. So I'm going to talk about Mario. I think the Mushroom Kingdom would also be really cool. I think it brings in a whole new audience for magic. And I think that's one of the things these properties are meant to do in some ways is like the, get people who might like our property that are playing other properties to play. I think that's why they picked 40K, right? They're like, you know what? There's a bunch of people that play 40K that have never played magic or aren't necessarily yet interested in it. And we could bring them in by making them a 40K thing. That's what the Lord of the Rings thing. That's why the Walking Dead thing was so successful. And I think that like, Zelda is another like easy fit, right? I think I think that Nintendo doing like a Mario World version of it though would be like really cool. You could do like the altar frames in the packs could be eight bit, so like where the comic book oh, are. That's super cool, right? <laughs> like like the regular <laughs> Link card is Link with magic art, but then the like the the collector booster pack, the comic book art, that version is eight bit. Like Legend of Zelda would just be so so sick. I like want it so badly. Could, like vehicles, <laughs> like like Mario Kart vehicles. Oh, that'd like, be sweet. Yeah, you could do carts, or you could do like just items, like mushrooms. Is like your giant. Yeah, right. Growth. Like, like getting just, a like, superstar. Like getting a superstar. Like seems like a great thing to be able to get. You know, Yoshi as a character. Like coins. Uh, yeah, a lot of things. You know, coins are basically treasure. Like there's a lot you could do there. Um, I'm gonna pause you before I talk about Zelda. So run the bathroom fast. Sure. Right. Hello, patrons, and welcome to uh, just Alex Kessler. Other things that I want from the Mario universe, I think it would be. I mean, if you want to extend it to Smash Brothers, it would be cool too. We don't want to. Maybe Marshall leave this in. Marshall leaves this into the main episode. Great. Uh, for those who don't know, please uh, do check out our Patreon. Uh, it helps us pay for things, and you get extra bonus content. We had a whole episode about Wandavision. This whole video series came out a week ago uh instantly so you get early access you get a bunch of new content it's really worth it it's only five dollars a month and we'll interact with you there and we want more people to hang out because we will talk to you there if you are there so please please help the podcast continue uh it is very appreciated to all of you but uh that's where we're at i don't have his camera though there's his camera yeah i think i think that the like Smash Brothers at a greater level, I think it's a little complicated because they're they do the same thing Magic is trying to do, right? They've like brought in Snake and Sonic and Cloud from Final Fantasy, um, and like all these things. So I think that would be a little bit difficult, but I think that like and and you have the whole Pokemon issue, right? Like the biggest thing against Nintendo happening is that Wizards 
Luckily, Pokemon Company and Nintendo are totally separate companies, and and so it's a different deal. Pokemon does not allow companies that have licenses to come up with any product that can in any way inhibit sales of Pokemon cards. You're not allowed to have a game with mm-hmm. dice. If you wanted the licenses to do a game, can't have dice, can't have jumbo-sized dice, can't have coins, can't have cards, can't have anything that could, like, in any way, can't even be impulse. Like, it can't be by the same buyer that buys Pokemon cards because they, like, that is where they make most of their income. From them, their perspective, the video game is a commercial for the card. The card game. <laughs> so, and the card, they've got, they're super popular again, right? Yeah, like, yeah, there's a recent there's crazy. Pokemon cards. Like, so, does that mean that the old ones, like a, like a first edition Charizard, which had dipped way down to oh, like they're back. 100 bucks at one point? Is like crazy expensive now? It's not as expensive as Black Lotuses have gotten because of rare, like just there are more Charizards out there, right? Like it was a popular card game at the moment of release versus Magic yeah. where we found that there's like only 10,000 Black Beta Alpha Black Lotuses in existence or like a thousand, I think it's like a thousand or something. So like, yeah, it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a wild because Logan Paul opened Pokemon them and it became a big were really thing. sweet. I, I like loved them when I was a kid and, and they, they, I mean, they were special and looked cool to me. So, you know, I, I feel like they probably still look and cool. And they're back and popular. All right. All right. My next franchise. Yeah. So, so I'll, 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 Zelda. So basically all I was going to say is like one thing I have mentioned to you and a bunch of people now is that there's like a moment in my life that's going to happen. I don't know exactly when it is, but I'm going to decide, OK, I'm going to make time now for Zelda. I'm going to buy the buy these consoles and I'm going to play <laughs> through all of the Zelda games that I didn't play because growing up. I, I love the original. And then Link to the Past, I played a bunch. Ocarina, I played endlessly. I played that game like 700 times. A lot of Majora's Mask, I never finished it, but I thought that game was really cool. And my understanding is that since Majora's Mask, there's at least two or three Zelda games that are like in the running for best Zelda game of all time. Like, is Breath of Life as good as people say? Breath of the Wild is 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 in the running oh, for best. Uh, Wind Waker is Wind Waker. In, is that, in those the are the two that best. come to mind. Um, and Twilight Princess would be the three not including not including there's also the extension of the 2d ones right so you have you have uh uh uh, like between two like links links awakening style games so like switch did a re-release of links awakening that was like totally a brand new game gorgeous loved it but it's like it's a remake of the game boy game from back in the day uh and then there's like between two worlds which was also amazing but like in the ocarina conversation wind waker twilight princess and breath of the wild are all like up there uh, Twilight Princess is not the best one, but it does have maybe the best weapon in any Zelda game. What is it? Dual wielding hook shots. You oh, get sick. You get two of Double them. Double shots. So you Spider Man around an entire <laughs> temple, <laughs> and it's the well, coolest so I was gonna thing say, on the planet. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But I was gonna say it was like I the the one that I played the most by a wide margin is Ocarina of Time, and mm-hmm. I am so connected to that 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 mythology and those characters and that story that I think about like all the characters i think about the gorons i think about the oh, like yeah. the idea of dark link i think about the idea i mean ganondorf's nose could have his own card he could literally have his own card but phantom it, it, ganon could be a card it's another it's another world that also fits really smoothly onto the magic rules right you have yeah. mountains you have the goron tribe you have merfolk and you have zoros and you have water spaces you have Cocoricos in the forest. You have green mana. Like they even have green and not like earth as and fire being separate. You have um 
like dark magic where you have Ganon or you even you can even like lean towards the other side where you have um uh like the the thieves the um the the Gerudo, Gerudo. the Gerudo like that's like very black magic without being evil right like that's like something that's cool they're like thieves right it's like more rogues and desert de- desert thieves and then you have you know humans hyrulia and, and plane so like it fits like perfectly yeah, onto you have, the magic and you have system. like the spirit temple and you, yeah there's all there's a lot of stuff in zelda in that game specifically that actually would make for a great magic set and i have to think the extension into all these additional games that i that that's like a i have to tell you when i think about the things in my life that i am looking forward to someday doing playing all the zelda games is like one of those things where i'm like someday i'm gonna do it it's gonna be so i'm like we can make it your really job and do a podcast <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. You, you know, if you turn it into work, I'll I'll do it way faster. So. One uh one 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 day, <laughs> patrons, patrons. One day. Uh, there there is a chance that this pre-show that we do for our patrons just becomes an extra piece of content that exists on the internet, and I haven't decided how I want to handle that. All right, that wait is that a, is that an idea for a podcast that we could do? By the way, uh, probably someone's done this. Well, what if you and I both chose a video game, and we would we would have to like this not do a done, crazy amount yeah. of video gaming in a week? Because you would need time, but what if it was like every week we played like through a certain portion of a game? We both at the same time, same game. I we, think and we be, met up for an hour. We talked about. It. I think we probably would have better success just streaming that. Like if you and me said like we're going to stream every Zelda game, and then you and me just like play through them together. They're not two player, which is a little bit of annoying, but that's like an option that people do. Yeah, Some let us know in the comments if you want. Uh, you want Ben and Kessler play Zelda. <laughs> number my number three is Star Wars. Which should surprise absolutely no one. Um, <laughs> I think this is the longest reach. I think it's the most. It, it's going to be interesting. Warhammer is their first step into this. Like, d- are they willing to do that type of world? Now, Star Wars collectible card games has been licensed, but like Star Wars board games have been licensed, and they still make Star Wars Monopoly. So, so you're allowed the way licensing works. Often, you can pigeonhole if you have a specific unique thing, especially with patents on it, which Magic has or has had you can probably say, we will do the magic Star Wars thing. We won't do that. Add that to layers of just like really cool. Obviously, obviously, this is probably the most common fake magic card concept that like, I think honestly, like Zelda and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings are probably the three most common like fake magic sets ever created. Like if you go do you to know like, that there's a whole, do you know that there's an entire set of schmodown magic cards i I'm, i am a schmodown character oh no i didn't know card. that that's cool. somebody went through and made fake magic cards for like 50 of us wow that's cool <laughs> it's pretty funny that's yeah. awesome yeah so like <laughs> but back to star wars yeah i think like it's another one that like you can fit pretty easily people are really hyped by it there's really cool stuff you do getting a lightsaber equipment or a star destroyer vehicle like doing a cool artifact tribal thing getting droids like all the stuff in there would be really sweet uh i would really like star wars and magic that would be cool. I also think it's possible they did it. That's that's one of the ones that didn't succeed, though, in the 90s, which we didn't talk about. But that's that's the other time they tried this, right? That's where Pokemon came from. Wizards licensed out trading card games by them, but then none of them were used the same rules. They all were Richard Garfield games that he came up with totally different things for them. And in that that's where they didn't succeed, where they like weren't allowed to feed off of. I remember the Star Wars card game. I mean, I, I remember it pretty well. And then you got into that game, that Star Wars game a couple of years ago. Star Wars Destiny. Whatever it was called. Yeah, which, which you thought is, was pretty sweet, if I recall. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was uh, a really cool game. Uh, it, like, played totally different than Magic. And that's kind of point. Like, Fantasy Flight and Osmodee own collectible card games. But Wizards, through Hasbro, Hasbro's the master licensor on, on Star Wars toys. So, like, 
And and with that, like, you know, Jack specific has action figures of 18 inches, right? Like everything is very, if you can find your niche in a license, you can probably grab it. So that'd be cool. I'd love Star Wars. I love, I mean, like, obviously it would be, it would be sweet I'll, I'll throw, to get all those things. In I'll there. throw mine at you. Yeah. So Star Wars, I think has the recognizability and depth for a whole set. And it's possible that my next one does also, but it's also possible that mine would work better. Mine might work better as like a limited run product or something like that, like a like, like a, a commander like a from set the or style. okay, yeah, like a, like like exactly like an anthology commander like twelve twelve cards kind of a thing. I can't quite decide, but my next one is Star Trek. First of all, the Star Trek characters, the the ones who are like part of the crew, because because Star Trek TNG Next Generation, and then the original Star Trek characters all got recast in the reboot. There's only really the TV characters that became the movie characters that then transitioned to the next TV. And you could go into some of those other TV shows if you wanted to, Voyager 1, but I, I don't think you would. Maybe you would reach for the most popular character, but you'd mostly be making the main characters of those two crews. And then you would be making, there's a lot of like really famous planetary settings. There's a lot of like really, really cool uh, gadgets and equipment. There's like very, there's very like Star Trekky stuff, like using a phaser or like, um, what's the you know, like warping or whatever, like a warp drive. There's mm-hmm. these things that are like super Star Trek and they have been Star Trek for such a long time that I think you could, I think you could do a whole set. The, the question I would have is, is it popular enough? And it is like Star Trek is weird, right? Like Star Trek lights and stuff I know does like kind of okay, but not great. And like right now our definitions are Lord of the Rings and 40 K, right? So, so those are like, I should say, I guess I should clarify. So I'm not necessarily saying that I think I would pitch these in a meeting to Wizards, my five, as you should make these five properties. If these are the five you make, they'll be the most five, the most successful five. I'm pitching them as I, I'm imagining, would it be fun as a person who likes this franchise to open these packs? Would I enjoy this? Do I think this would like get me excited? That's what I'm pitching these as. And Star Trek for me, I've only seen all the movies once. But the idea even, for instance, of Captain Kirk being like taking arrogant William Shatner and like trying to figure out a way to make arrogant William Shatner into a magic card and making that part of his abilities. That sounds really fun to me. And and I think it's like from the purpose I said at the beginning, which I do think the purpose of this is in many ways as commercials to uh, these property fans on magic. And I think a Star Trek, the Star Trek fandom that doesn't play magic could very easily get into magic. I don't, I don't think the line between Star Trek player, Star Trek fan and magic player is that, that thick. Uh, to the extent that, yeah. like, obviously, Tarmocat and and Logan and the Professor are all huge Trekkies. So, like, having, the, you know, you have Magic Muse that would be really into it. I think that would totally work. I think, a, 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 to me, a Commander set, just the way that it's divided, doing a Commander set where each of the Commander decks is a different one of the shows or eras where you have the Enterprise and you can have Voyager and you can have the original one and then you can have... Those are the three main ones, right? And then you have uh, Discovery, and then you have D Space Nine. Those are the five of, of the different shows. Sure, I just think like as somebody who the TV shows. I guess if you were going to make it, you'd want to find a way to probably involve some of those later shows that were just TV shows. But for me, it's the movies. That's that's what you have to draw from because they're the most universal. Those they're are the, the easiest and then there's to the two, right? Yeah, yeah. So you do a dual deck, a commander dual decks, like kind of like the brawl or the not the brawl decks, but yeah, you do two, two or any of the commander sets, right? That's how they're doing them now. Captain Picard and friends and you get you get uh, 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 Captain Kirk and friends. And those are the two commander decks. And then they are built side by side. And one's like 
blue, white, red, and one is uh, blue, white, green. And and there you go. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that sounds it sounds really sweet. So um, that's my next one. What do you got as your next one? Uh, so mine is another command. Mine's a commander product, and it's 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 uh, the Shonen Jump anime commander product where <laughs> like there's ever like people are going to want a naruto one and i was like like a lot of anime fits like really well into the magic system because it's a lot of fantasy driven characters that use magic whatever but i think like picking and choosing which one you get is going to make no one happy but if like they that they've done it there's a shonen jump video game that has like all of the key ones that are all fighting each other so you have one piece uh you have dragon ball z you have naruto you have like and then you can pick among some other ones like bleach or my hero academia or if you want to get a little bit more obscure hunter x hunter or sailor moon and you just pick like the five most classic or the five most popular which i think i think in actuality are demon slayer including modern stuff demon slayer which is like obviously very forward thinking but is like broken every record in japan japanese like sales of everything like manga sales it this year which is the comic book for them like one piece who has been the number one comic book japan anime comic manga like for literally 20 years lost and demon slayer outsold it plus the next eight best-selling ones combined this last year wow. and, and the movie broke jet like film records so thoroughly that they're releasing it in the united states early so that they can get an oscar nom <laughs> um was it was it good apparently it's really good yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean the show is amazing huh. like it, it it is probably a good movie but it also broke every financial record in japanese film history like it, it, so it kicked the crap out of uh, uh, like um, Spirited Away, which was, I think, the previous holder of that. So like that's probably included just because it's such a cultural phenomenon. Now, My Hero Academia has just been kind of the goat. And then like classics like Naruto and One Piece has just been the goat for so long. And like Dragon Ball Z and then maybe Sailor Moon would be like my six, I guess. And just having those as like commander decks. So you have full commander decks with like all the different characters you like from those shows it's like cleaner that way you don't have to do a full draftable set and you don't have to like go into naruto but you get like that whole weeb world all in one product so for me my next one is one that i think is a little bit more of just i just think this would be sweet and there's some campiness to this that i think would make it awesome and it's mission impossible okay and so there's some real campiness to this i would want a different card for every iteration of Tom Cruise, I would want I would I would want I would want each movie's Tom Cruise to be a different card. OK. And okay. so because I because I think like there's some there's some comedy and some humor to that. And you could make all versions of Tom Cruise running if you wanted. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like you probably wouldn't. But like, for instance, you would take the most iconic scene or moment from each movie. So so Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible one, he'd be hanging from the ceiling. Right. That's like that's like Ethan Hunt. That could be. That's like one version of him. And the second one, you get like dumb, long hair, Tom Cruise rock climbing. That's a totally different, great visual imagery that if you're a fan of the franchise, you're like so pleased probably to open that pack or to like open that product. Mission Impossible 3, you have that one where he's running on the bridge and he gets thrown into a car. He could get hurt in that one. I don't know. Anyway, the fourth one, he's climbing the side of the gigantic, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. He's like hanging off the building. And the fifth one, he's hanging off an airplane. And in the sixth one, he's hanging from a helicopter. Just so like they're just to go to the extent why why not just every Tom entire Cruise set of movie. Tom Cruise just like all Tom just Cruise the, movies just the, just the Tom Cruise magic set <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right you hijacked my idea but I accept it I take it so keep going down this rabbit hole for a second because you get cocktail Tom Cruise he's making drinks you get you get uh, the last samurai Tom Cruise oh that's a good one that's a fantastic one collateral Tom Cruise another tremendous one 
uh, even born on the 4th of July, Tom Cruise. He's a war vet. He's doing pull-ups. There's all kinds of different Tom Cruises we could get. He's playing pool. Um, oh, my goodness. That this is... Uh, the After Tomorrow Tom Cruise? No, that's not... You mean Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow Tom Cruise. In the, in the mech suit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then all the, think about all the gadgets, all the Tom Cruise gadgets. You get like Tropic that, that, Thunder that Tom get. Cruise? Yes, the Les Grossman <laughs> Tom Cruise, right? And then all the, all the like extra cards and pieces of equipment, they're like exploding chewing gum for Mission Impossible. Yeah. That's a great gadget that he could use. The Mask Maker, that's like a really good one. If you want to kind of like jump around to some of the different movies, there's definitely other good ones. Tom Cruise's Saki that he's demanding in The Last Samurai, his Samurai Sword. Huh? his mech suit in edge of tomorrow excellent I, i'm pretty excited about my last one so what's your what's your last one the marvel the Mar- marvel <laughs> mcu yeah that's mine too okay so okay so you would do mcu versus i think i would choose actual like 616 comics 616 like universe six like the, the main continuity of comic books oh you would like the current modern continuity yeah, like 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 so X Men is included, Spider Man is included. They're not like weird add ons later. They just like have always been a part of it, not like separate. Or would you do only MCU? I would do MCU. I can tell you exactly why. Okay, I can tell you exactly why. I thought about this. So, any of the different franchises that we've talked about, you think about how much time those franchises have been around and how much content. So, in some cases, like you talked about Shonen, right? There's a ridiculous amount of content for Shonen, like. A crazy oh, yeah. amount of content. 30 years like, or 80 years of comic books since like World War II. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So to represent it as a magic set, you, you just well, have why, to take like best that's why moments. I picked, picked franchises, right? I picked Naruto, which has only been around, was a 10 year series and Bleach. But yeah, which 10, was, that's 10 years, years yeah, yeah, of like yeah. weekly, right? So the reason the MCU I think is so special and different is that even if you compare it to something like Star Wars, which is similarly enormous in terms of its global impact, like bigger probably. Star Wars has this whole large sort of extended universe that kind of connects back to the main franchise of films. It's got these prequels that people love, but are sort of not entirely acknowledged as like the correct timeline. It is technically, but like they don't really want to acknowledge that they like sort of exist. It's like you can include them if you want, but whereas the MCU, even though some of those movies are bad, it's come out on a consistent schedule since 2008. Everybody who's into it has seen every movie in order. Right. We know exactly what fits. We know all of the story moments. They're huge story moments. And we followed them all for the last 13 years. So if you decided to make the MCU specifically, you're not having to explain to anybody why certain cards show up. Like, remember when we have conversations about story moments and magic and I don't understand it? I'll be like, why? Who did what? As an MCU fan, I get to literally read a card and be like, oh my God, like this is the moment when Tony gets stabbed by Thanos. Or I like, or I like see a different card and I'm like, wow. Like, this is that unbelievable, incredible moment where Tony puts in, like, a new heart, you know? Or, like, I mean, those are both Iron Man moments, but, like, almost every single moment in the history of the MCU, there's a couple bad movies, but they're all part of this, like, greater canvas that most MCU fans have watched beat by beat for the last 13 years without a break. It never had to get rebooted. There's no continuity differences. It's a perfect story that has enough depth that you could tell the whole story in a magic set, multiple magic sets even. And and it's accessible. You're not missing anything. That's right. why I think it's perfect. Right. I think, yeah, my thought for the comics is that there's like the continuity is a, it's not cleaner. Cleaner is the wrong word. But you get you get the characters that you want from the X-Men franchise, I guess, into there. And you get stuff like you can put Miles Morales in there without it having to have existed in the MCU. You get like there are characters. There's a ton of characters that people love so much that haven't made it into the movies. 
and the and and the other hand, the movies are relatively limited, right? And like also by being in the comic book world, the art style gets to fit magic a little bit more than having to do like one thing that is weird about the Walking Dead cards is like the like hyper realistic, almost like photograph versions of the artwork is like a little weird on a magic card. And like, sure, I think like this is the Andrew Lincoln magic card, not the Rick from the comic books magic card. Right, right. And so like having having it be like different cool comic book art a op- for an entire set, like lets you open up the artists that are available and lets it have a little bit more of a stylistic option. Plus, magic is so much about artwork and comic books are so much about artwork that I think that connection and losing that to make it as similar to the movies as possible is a big loss because there's like really like you could get like if you were to do a Marvel magic set, you can get classic, famous Todd McFarlane level, you know, like high end comic book artist Jack Kirby to do the artwork or even like license like original that's what back I mean. in the Kirby's day. Gone, oh, Kirby, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. I'm I am not here to tell you that I know the art names of artists of comic books, but Ben is no, supposed but I, to. I, I thought you were going down. I thought you were going down the road of licensing old like old Jack Kirby yeah. or old like Neil Adams either, or like either licensing you know, it or really even famous. like even even for modern day classic creators, having them create new pieces. Right. Like you can do both. Um, I think that would be cool. And like, I think I think there's. I, it allows you to not sit to a hard, fast rule and play what's best for the set and what's best to include in the set than necessarily anything else. But I, I can see the argument for like the MCU is a cleaner place to start. Um, also, they, they're going to continue to expand it. That's what's great about it. So if it was going to be a single product that came out and there was never a follow up, that'd be one thing. But like, what if they came out with MCU, the magic set tomorrow? And then in three years, they came out with MCU part two. They hit the beats they didn't hit. Plus, they add in. But they can do that. They, with, add in they can do it with the comics. Eternals. Too, right? They add in X-Men or, or Fantastic Four. like. The problem with the comic book thing is that as cool as it is, as a comic book fan for life, like I know there's 700,000 different versions of Spider-Man. There's 7 million different iterations and eras. There's storylines that got told and retold that got retconned. It's really hard if you're trying to follow comic book lore and, and give me something that I can digest because well, but magic, I'm going to just look at magic's not about lore, right? Like you're <laughs> the fact that you're arguing that the magic card version of this set needs to have a lore component to it when magic's weakest point is its way to relate to lore, right? Like you're, you're not going to be getting these cards in order. You're going to have like Peter Parker and they're going to have Spider-Man's abilities and you're going to get Green Goblin. They're going to have Green Goblin's abilities. You couldn't do Green Goblin because he's I, not in the MCU. Comic, I think you can't do Venom because he's not in the MCU. Right. What I'm saying is that I think there are infinitely more MCU fans that whose awareness of the MCU is th- this movie franchise than there are people who would care about those characters as comic book characters at this point. I don't the think MCU's that's true. So much more popular. But I don't I don't. Sorry. Than I, comic books. I don't think that's true from the goals of Wizards. I don't think there is as many. There are less people who like the MCU that don't know those characters that would play magic as a percentage than there are people that like comics that would play magic as a percentage. So, so I think that going over our top five, I like in hindsight and now hearing them, I think the ones that make the most sense to me, I love the alien versus predator idea. I love avatar and I love Zelda. I think the three are the three. I like the most. I was going to say all of the ones that are basically a bunch of powerful white dudes running around doing things are the ones that are the hardest to conceptualize as magic sets because that's not as interesting to just put on a lot of magic cards. Yeah. It's also, I think like part of it to me is I like that the worlds that we described make sense within the rules of magic. 
I like like that Zelda has red magic, blue magic, green magic, black magic, black magic, or uh, white magic already, right? I like that it's like mm-hmm. easy to translate that world into a magic framework. I don't know how to do that with Star Wars. Like you could, and like Hoth could be like you know you could go to uh, Mon Calamari, and that would be islands or whatever. But like thematically, magic is so important to the magic conversation that applying it to that doesn't work as well. And like sci-fi is weird. That's why I like it in Avatar. That's why I like it. Like and 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 then I love the idea of like dual decks, Alien versus Predator coming out where they like fight each other, and that's such like a classic battle between the two of them. I think those are the things that to me are most interesting versus. We just went through it. MCU is messy. Star Wars is messy. Uh, like both of those aren't as interesting to get it into a magic set. And to be honest, they both have a ton of card games out there about them. If I wanted to play a Star Wars card game, I can go play it. I can't do that with Avatar. I can't do that with the Shonen. Like Shonen yeah. Jump individually, there's like a Dragon Ball Z one. But like getting to play magic with those, I think would be really cool too. Like those are the ones that to me like fit within the magic framework. I know how to make a Naruto card. That makes sense. I can even make an alien card that makes sense to the character that when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, that ability is creatively a way to represent this character as I know it. I don't know how to do that for Luke Skywalker. And when you go to fan sites, all the Luke Skywalker cards are 90% either dumb or they're Gerard, right? They're either bad the way Gerard is a bat, like not that interesting of a card, or they're like, Luke Skywalker is indestructible and flies and can shoot laser beams out of his hand and does 30 damage to target creature <laughs> when it blocks it. And like if it does damage to a player, you gain infinite life. Like, it's all like, how do you represent that in a way that's interesting? I guess I like Star Wars. I don't think like lens its power set doesn't lend itself to magic in the way that like uh, some of these other universes do. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see Lord of the Rings because they have similar issues but because they're so focused on swords and knights and wizards that it fits in the other half of magic so i'm not super worried about it dwarves goblins elves yeah there's all that stuff yeah yeah so guys that wraps up the episode today thank you so much for watching and to listening for another episode of the mm cast if you haven't already hit the thumbs up on this video please do of course subscribe and leave a comment below on what you think should be the next franchise or property brought into magic if you're listening to this on audio thank you guys so much and for everybody please, please, please check out patreon.com slash mmcast. It does help a lot. It's it's a huge, huge, huge boon for us to be able to continue doing the show. A lot goes into it, and your support means everything. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kess Wiley. Ben is at Ben Bateman Media. Make sure to watch our... we Every Monday night, we do a 7.30 p.m. Uh, Commander show uh, where we play Commander with guests. They're all really cool. Last week, we did uh, Chase and Joe. Uh, Chase from Mana Curves and Joe from I Hate Your Deck. And it was a blast. We played the Walking Dead cards, as we mentioned. Kind of on theme for this week's episode. Definitely go check that out. The decks are really, really great. Uh, all were kind of being taken for runs for the first time. And uh, it was really fun. Thank you to our guests. Thank you all for watching and listening. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Bye, guys. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.